So nervous. You need your computer? Huh? Yeah. No, okay. I can work on stuff on the podcast. That's <laughs> a multitask well, I, I, too. I, here's the thing about me. I multitask like you never <laughs> say. Mid-broadcast, I'm multitasking. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's a bluff. Good to go, guys? Yeah, yeah let's right. do it. All right. Hey, guys. Dr. Adam Martin of The Fit Pharmacist here in Miami, Florida with my two good friends, Dr. Richard Waith and Dr. Mike Corvino. Guys, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us, man. We uh, we got to do that intro just one more time. Because although all your stuff was ready, mine was not. <laughs> uh, for the kids watching at home. This is why the batteries die. This, this is why you can't have nice things. This is a lesson. This is ruined. This whole broadcast. Let's call it a night. Yeah. <laughs> Go tuck me in. Behind the scenes live is going to be amazing. Oh, yeah. All the uncut. All the uncut. This is the most editing I've ever had to do it before ever. <laughs> Alright. Alright, so we got the kinks out, guys. Alright, it's ready to go. Are you, are you, are you sure? Yeah. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. <laughs> Alright, let's give it another go. Hey guys, Dr. Adam Martin of The Fit Pharmacist here in Miami, Florida. Coming to you with my two good friends, Dr. Richard Waithe of RX Radio and Dr. Mike Corvino of Core Consult RX. Guys, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us, man. Super glad to be here. Super happy to be here. We just crushed some pizza, which is only fitting because we're here to talk about what it means to be fit. <laughs> yeah. We fit in that pizza. So that's what we want to talk about. This is the fit pharmacist. Uh, it's a movement. It's not a person. It's not a workout regimen it's not a, a a black and white system of living it's more of a movement or a belief of being your true potential because the belief is very simple if we live our full potential in all areas of our lives we can then perform on our best and deliver the best care to those we serve both our patients our friends our family and ourselves so that's what we want to talk about today is what exactly fitness is it's more than just a physical attribute how you look, how you perform in the gym. While those are some measures of fitness, we also want to look at some other things regarding impact, our passion and what we do, and just being the best pharmacist we can possibly be. So first I want to introduce to the show, newly published author, Dr. Richard Waith of RX Radio. So, sir, what is a fit pharmacist to you? We talked about earlier in the day because we actually spent the day at the beach in beautiful Miami where Richard lives. Um, did some jet skiing, it was freaking fantastic, went to the beach, and we just finished crushing some pizza. Um, but with you, you have a great perspective on what fitness is from the capacity that we have and to have an undying reach for what we can do with our farm D. Because it's like, you know, we graduate, we're done but it doesn't have to end there. And I think you're an excellent testament to what you can do in leveraging that knowledge in getting a better reach to our patients more than just counseling over the counter. So welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks, man. I really, really appreciate it. Well said too about um, you know, the importance and, and our, how important our reach is, especially after we graduate. And I think what's important to mention is that when we graduate, like when we're in pharmacy school, we are, our end goal usually is like getting that residency or, um, you know, just getting that job or just even graduating as it is. So it's like a lot of times we don't, that's like our end game. Whereas what we quickly realize is that you're just getting started. 
exactly. right? And like, and it, there's so much more into keeping like that, that fit part of it, like keeping your mind fit, keeping your career fit, um, and also physically fit, right? But yeah. you're, it's a really, it's really a starting point because that's when it all gets really hard at that point. Like your body's older, so you got to do a little bit more work to keep it fit. Your mind, you know, it's depending on what you're doing, you could begin to lose some of the knowledge that you had if you're not applying it properly. Um, so there's so many things that you're just starting out to really do. And and I think I really, you know, I, I don't say I learned it late, but I've been a pharmacist for almost four years practicing now I'm in the community. But it wasn't until maybe about a year ago where I really started taking that seriously and felt that like I need to work on like the fitness of my career really to, uh, you know, after really realizing that I'm just getting started. Exactly. And I want to congratulate Rich. He actually just got promoted to a brand new career. Um, But he's absolutely right. And for a lot of people that work in community have have heard horror stories about community pharmacy. Um, Rich has gone through that. He's been a manager at several different big chain pharmacies. Um, He is now, what do you have, two shifts left at Publix before, before the next big gig. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your experience in community and what led you, what, what work um, has allowed you to go into your next step. Um, what 10 to 2 means, so if you guys follow him on social media, you see that all the time, um, and how that has led you to put your passion project into work and actually led you to a new career in pharmacy. Yeah, so one interesting thing I'll say, like there was a seed planted a long time ago for my current, for my current role, but I had no idea that would have happened. Like, and, and the reason I mentioned that is because I, I want to say like, Every experience that you have, basically from starting pharmacy school all the way to graduation and residency, there's somewhere along the lines there that one seed could be planted that can like really flourish later on um, if you if you're sticking with something. Consistency. Yeah, and if the opportunity that popped up to me now, that just recently popped up was one of was the fruits of one of those seeds that I planted that I had no idea would have came came to this, but it was just one thing that I just said yes to as an opportunity that I seize and. Um, and so that leads me to like, okay, how did I really get here? Like what, what was I doing or, you know, to end up in the role that I'm in now? And it was really, I think just doing some self-reflection and just starting really taking ownership of like what was going on in my career and understanding that, you know, you, there's a lot of things that you can do, especially if you're not happy where you're at, or if you feel like you, or not that maybe just, you're not happy, but that you can do more or you want to do more, you want to have a bigger impact. And I just started realizing, okay, what am I good at? Like, what do I like to do? And communicating with people was one thing. Helping my patients um, understand their medications in a very understandable way. Because I do think that ev- even though that's like the role of a pharmacist, um, a lot of times it's we're not, like a lot of pharmacists don't do it very well. And usually sometimes those pharmacists aren't the best people to be talking to patients. Maybe those pharmacists are best to talk to other healthcare professionals um, on a healthcare team. You know, so I think a lot of it is figuring out what are you good at, you know, and and that's one thing that I think I did. I'm really, really good at breaking things down to like a really, really simple level. And that's what I started. That's what I'm passionate about. And that's what I started doing for patients, um, which ultimately kind of led me to the role I'm in now. So absolutely. So finding what that passion is, pairing it with your natural skill set and then putting in the consistent work to leverage those opportunities. You see, you said it much better than I did, really. <laughs> I had to like really say it super simply. No, that's, what, that's what's so cool because yeah. we, we're all very similar in that because we take that high-level knowledge and break it down in a way that is applicable and understandable to patients. 
Um, that's what I do with, with nutrition and, and health, being the fit pharmacist, um, helping people live those healthy lifestyles. Um, but yeah, that's what it's about is, you know, information is great. Knowledge is fantastic. But if you can't implement it and allow someone to understand it in a way they can implement it, then what use is it? Mm-hmm. Which is what led to Medvise mm-hmm. and RX Radio and now your whole new career endeavor. Yeah. So that's phenomenal. And that's taking those principles and literally putting it into practice consistently over long term. Yeah. Now you present. Yeah. <laughs> well, you mentioned, you know, the consistency and that's kind of where the 10 to 2 thing kind of fit in. Right. So. Um, so if anyone follows me on social media, a lot of times between the hours of 10 p.m. and 2 a.m., you'll see me posting things. Hashtag 10 to 2. And that's basically something that randomly came about because I at the pharmacy working at Publix, I was working from nine in the morning till nine at night. And when I got home, I would just get home and chill and like watch TV, maybe actually go to the gym sometimes. But I was like, all right, let's start working towards, you know, your dreams, your passions and things like that. So um, it just the time worked out where when I got home from work around 930 ish, I would eat, shower and then literally go to work for another four hours from the hours of 10 uh, at night to two in the morning. And then I would get six hours of sleep and then I would wake up at eight and then go to work and do it kind of all over again a couple of times a week. So it then it turned into also it being now even on my days off, no matter what's going on during the day, even if I'm still working on some other stuff, I'm still going to be working from 10 and 10 at night to two in the morning. So on like building my brand, what I'm passionate about networking, there's times I'm, I'm not even home, I'm out. Mm-hmm. But even though like I might be out somewhere, I'm still working on like whether it be networking or brand building or learning or some, you know, something of the sort. So, so that's an excellent um, habit that you've created that's really allowed you to build that skill set. Um, if you guys are interested in learning more about that, definitely follow Rich. Where can they find you? So on Twitter, which I absolutely adore, although uh, some of my colleagues do not. Shots fired. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I lo- on Twitter, I'm at the pharmacy dude, and uh, on Instagram, you can follow the podcast, which is rxradio.fm, and my personal Instagram is Richie Waith. Uh, Richie is R I C H I E, and my last name is W A I T H E. So if you guys are interested in building a habit like that 10 to 2 or something similar to really allow yourself to tap into your passion project and allow it to flourish, but you've tried it before and you're not really sure where to start, there's actually an excellent book about this called The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. Um, one, of the site, one of the features on what I do is I love to read and like Rich said, break it down into simple in- implementable steps. Um, a lot of us in pharmacy you know, don't have the luxury of reading. Um, or there's just so much to it, how to break it down. So I take that work out for you and I break it down to simple steps, the highlights for the book. Um, so in the show notes, there will be a link to a review on the power of habit, breaking down how you can create that habit so you can leverage your passion project into something that over time will become an opportunity or even more. So thank you so much for no sharing that. What Just to add on, like one thing I do want to be clear on, because I do think a lot of people are going to watch this and I want to like them to realize that Four hours at night is what I found for my schedule. Now, I don't think that someone should be staying up late and doing that because some people love mornings better. Yes. But I think the habit that I formed, even though it's at a specific time and it sounds fun because it's like, you know, has two T's in it, whatever. I think the important part is just finding four hours in the day extra or whatever you can afford per week Mm -hmm. to realize that you can cut some things out. 
um, and dedicate some time to your passions. Right. Just keywords, want to clarify that. Absolutely. Keywords, what works for you. Yeah. So it might not be 10 to 2, but trying, it's it's literally trial and error. So whatever system works for you that you can do consistently, mm-hmm. that's really the key. So if right now you can only do two hours, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Like, oh, I can only do two. It's not enough. I'm done. Not try. Try that. See where it goes. And over time, it's going to compound. Yeah. Um, which leads that to the next expert of Core Console RX, Doctor Mike Corvino, Mr. Hustle. Welcome aboard. <laughs> Thanks for having me, man. It's a Good pleasure. Good to be here. Man. So similar thing. You um, started crushing it in pharmacy school as an MMA fighter, actually. <laughs> yes, that's true. I did. Uh, I fought professionally for two, two and a half years um, during my time in pharmacy school. That took a ton, tons of discipline, tons of sacrifice, and, and a lot of focus to get that. Um, and then you came to pharmacy school, and I think you said around your third, fourth year is really when pharmacy itself started to click, and you saw that potential. So, you know, I, I got kind of into the, I started fighting amateur as I got into school, and then I got offered to go pro um, during my first year. And, you know, that was kind of all-consuming. I was more focused on that than actual pharmacy school. And then uh, I got married going into my third year, and I kind of got to a point where during my third year, I kind of realized I had to make a choice. I had to pick one or the other to really focus. I knew MMA was not going to be the long-term play just because of the effects it has on your body. So I basically just put all of my focus back into pharmacy and at the same time it was a really good I guess timing for the transition because I, I don't work well in a classroom setting I don't prefer to be which is weird because I spent so much time <laughs> in the classroom but I don't like that at all I did it because I had to um, but when I go up when I went on rotation that's my zone like that is my game day I, I love being every second of being on rotation even in rotations that were 12-hour shifts and brutal hours, whatever, I loved it. And so for me, I got to take that same passion and I guess almost competitiveness, because that's really what drives me, is finding competition in whatever I'm doing, even amongst no. my friends. And, <laughs> yeah. and so and it's, it's totally not a, anything against anybody else. I just like to compete. I'll make competition with myself if I have to, just for something you know to drive me. And so when I made that transition into, you know, really focusing into the, you know, solely on pharmacy and kind of letting the MMA go a little bit, I went right into rotations and I was like, okay, well now this is my opponent. This is what I'm tackling. Mm-hmm. And, and it was great. Like I, I mean, had the best year of my life, which is what I had been dreading for the whole time was I thought I was going to hate it because I was so miserable in a classroom. I was like, there's no way working tons of hours in a hospital is going to be better. And with rotations, it's really looking at, you know, cutting edge, what's new in medicine, what's new in pharmacy with evidence-based medicine. And a lot of people kind of shrug their shoulders when they hear that because they think, oh, studies, lots of research, data, and this and that. So again, we talked about taking complex things that are valuable and breaking it down to simplify. Um, so what, what, what happened with evidence-based medicine and studies and trials? Because if any of you follow Mike on social media, you know that he is the trial master. <laughs> Ninja. Ninja, yes. Like, ninja. Please excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the same kind of thing, honestly. When I was in the didactic portion of pharmacy school, I didn't enjoy looking at trials. I was like, why the heck do I need to know these statistics? 
you know, I understood the concept of like being able to break down a study, but when I would hear some of these people that were high level thinkers being able to like quote stats and, and work through these problems, I was like, well, what's the point of that? I didn't understand it. And then when I got in rotation, you know, it, it made me realize that I'm not just doing this because I need to memorize some stuff to pass a test or pass boards. Like these are people. Mm-hmm. And like these are human beings that I'm supposed to take care of, provide, you know, as the drug expert on the medical team, I'm supposed to be able to provide sound advice to the clinician that's prescribing or whatever and making sure this patient's getting the, the, the best possible care. And, you know, it really just kind of opened my eyes to like, okay, well, I need to know what the best possible care is and why it's the best possible care. Yeah. You know, I think pharmacists in general, we're really in that transition period where we're trying to prove our worth um, and amongst the the healthcare team, and we've we've been kind of slower in that process, uh, and and it's it's different battles, different places. But you know, I think that we have to be able to understand the why behind our recommendations when we're working, especially with a, a attending that's been practicing for twenty years. Right, he doesn't care what you know at the time you know I was first getting out of school is 27 years old isn't care what 27 year old's opinion is in the matter yeah and so if you can give sound evidence and really understand the the why behind it it makes a humongous difference than just oh i learned this in a textbook and that i think it's the right answer then it's just it just adds that dynamic right and a lot of times through rotations we get you know in that where we're you know reading studies really getting that passion but then you graduate and things can happen. But with you, it took a different turn. You actually went deeper. You started going more into evidence-based medicine. Yeah. And tell us what opportunities that consistency led for you. So, you know, when, when I first was getting out of school, I think, uh, and if you, any of you have followed me or heard any times that I've talked on YouTube or anything, I've mentioned this story. But when I was about two weeks out, three weeks out of graduating, I had a pharmacist that I looked up to as a good pharmacist tell me to really enjoy my time right now because this is the smartest you'll ever be. And I remember thinking like how crazy that is. Like, why do you mean the smartest I'll ever be? Like we're the only profession that said like community pharmacist would be the only person that could ever get away with potentially saying that. And it's not true as far as the way it should be. Right. Um, but there's a lot of people who will settle into that because you can maybe in certain areas get by. Um, but I made a, like an absolute promise to myself, that's no way that's happening. I'm not going to do that. And so I started consistently reading, studying, um, going over literature on my own every single day. It's very similar to kind of like what, what Richie was doing. You know, the, the 10 to 2, I learned a lot better at night. And so I would get home from work and I would, before I would go to bed, I would pick a study, go through it, pick up a drug d- disease state, whatever, and go through that. And I did it every single night. To the point where now it's just complete habit. Like I can't go to sleep without doing it. Right. And I never had a goal as far as what that would open. I just was like, my goal was to just not forget everything. And so it was, it was very arbitrary and very, I guess, counterintuitive to what you would think of as far as starting this process. Cause usually there has to be some sort of an end goal. But what I found is that there's been so many opportunities that have opened up. Uh, my biggest one recently is I'm now teaching uh, pharmacology, pharmacotherapy to physician assistant students. So these students that are in PA school, um, I'm now their their adjunct professor for pharmacology. That was never on my radar. I never had any plans of doing that. If you had told me that two years ago, a year ago even, 
that was going to happen. I would have said you were crazy because I'd be teaching pharmacy students is what I would have thought. Right. Uh, and so now I'm, you know, I mean, I'm the only PharmD in this build, this massive new building that's at Charleston Southern University. And it's a f- new program, but they're so on the you know cutting edge as far as technology and, and integrated that into learning that you know, I'm hanging out with all these physicians and PAs and nurse practitioners or whatever and getting to see these clinicians and, and add my value to that. And they've like totally incorporated me into the team. And it's it's been great. It's been one of the best experiences I've ever had. But I truly believe that if I hadn't kept up with all that stuff over the last few years, that there's no way I would be able to fulfill that job because it's hard now. Right. And if I had just not looked at any of my literature or looked at the new literature since I finished school, I, there's no way. And it where, happen. in addition to teaching, where do you work as a pharmacist? So I work in a community setting as a pharmacist. Mm-hmm. I'm a pharmacy manager. Um, and then I also work for the city of Charleston. Uh, they have this program that allows their employees, if they have diabetes, type 1 or type 2, to be enrolled in this program where they meet with the farm farm D once every month, all the way to sometimes once every three months if they're well controlled. And they also meet with their physician regularly. And then as long as they meet both of those requirements and are attempting to progress and, and live a healthier lifestyle, the city pays for their medications and their care. Wow. And so I'll sit down and I get to actually go to these patients where they work. A lot of them work in a central hub. Um, with some of them are mechanics, some of them are you know water utility guys, various jobs, and I get to actually go to their office. And before they head out on their trucks or whatever they're doing that day, I'll get to sit down with them in a conference room for anywhere from thirty minutes to an hour and just talk about whatever's can like that patient needs. Sometimes it's nutrition, sometimes it's you know carb counting, sometimes it's switching their insulin dose, sometimes it's just giving them encouragement because they're just they have a lot of family things going on, they're you know just dealing with a lot and their mm-hmm. diabetes care is slipping, but it's it's been fantastic as far as getting to actually use the all of our pharmacotherapy knowledge but in a real you know, patient to patient interaction, almost like an ambulatory care setting, right? But much more relaxed because I'm in their office. I don't have to be white coat and very professional. I can kind of like make it more of a friendship almost, and this allows them to open up. and It's really good. I've seen a lot of patients um, really change their their numbers around because we've developed that almost like friendship between us. Yeah. Well, the reason I want these two guys to tell their story, and all three of us work in the community setting for several years. Um, when I was an intern, when I was in pharmacy school, a lot of the times I would interact, unfortunately, with pharmacists who were burnt out, or they literally would tell me these false limiting beliefs like, oh, once you graduate, like your health's out the window, or once you start here, like you kiss your soul goodbye, or things like that. Um, but I just want to give you guys examples that that is not how it has to be. That is a choice. It's not a death sentence or this is how it is when you get in community pharmacy. Um, it's something that is a choice. And you can put in that consistency. And there's examples from Rich, from Mike, of if you do that consistent over long term, put in the work, that will afford you opportunities for your passion to thrive as your life work. So that's kind of the point. And in, in, in my view, what fitness really is, is unleashing your full potential through a work that you put in on a consistent basis so that you can turn that side hustle into your life's work. So, yeah, And I think that it's all relative as well because 
I'm not saying that it's not a there's not a burnout rate necessarily in sure. community, and it's it may not be for everyone. Right. But the point is, and I think that Adam's you know really trying to drive home is that if if you don't want to ever be stuck, Adam very much enjoys what he does. Right. Oh yeah. I, I and I can see it when he talks about community pharmacy. He's very passionate about it. However, he's also in, engaging in all these extra things because. You never know what happens five years from now, what ten years from now. He may have fifteen kids by then, and <laughs> hopefully not. But yeah. <laughs> I may, hope not. <laughs> he may have fifteen kids and just be like, you know what? I'm just done with community pharmacy. I want to get into something else. And if he hasn't been working on his side hustles or whatever you want to call it, uh, then this whole time, then that may not be an option. And I think that's the big part too. Is I'm not. I don't per- ever tell students that. You may not, you, you know, there may come a time where you may be burned out regardless mm-hmm. of how motivated you are, but you have to have those doors open. Exactly. Or you're stuck, and that's a bad place to be. Or ever, exactly. And, and it leads to a spiral, I think, at that and, point. And you can't have those doors open if you haven't been building the door. Exactly. So, And it's hard to build the door. Yeah. It's a man. lot easier. Solid track. Solid. solid you like that? There. I really do. <laughs> It's 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 hard. Like if 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 you haven't, it's hard to do it. And it's a lot easier to watch Netflix and and to go out on the weekends and hang out. I'm not saying don't ever have fun, but you have to make a conscious effort. Uh, like like Richie said, when he works nine to nine, I'm pretty sure he would rather chill and watch some TV. Until but, that coffee drips, though. <laughs> <laughs> that coffee is delicious. <laughs> But if he, if he had that attitude and, and just fell into that trap, then the opportunities that he's doing now wouldn't happen. And you know, he's about to make huge leaps and bounds, and hopefully he'll still talk to us when he's big and famous. But Yeah, man. <laughs> That's why we're recording this now. So yeah. in a few years, I can be like, hey, remember me, man? <laughs> you said we'd still be friends. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and I think uh, one, one thing to point out, too, is that, you know, what especially what Mike is doing, like you know, becoming the only farm D at like a professional school, um, you know, in a program. I mean, those are and he's he's like you know, quote unquote, just a community pharmacist. You know, like just because you are somewhere um, in your career, if you're a pharmacist, like you are a pharmacist. That means you're an expert um, in medications. You can't let anyone tell you, oh, because you didn't do this. And and this is not like to say like I'm bashing like residencies, you know, by all means, like I I encourage people to do residencies. Mm -hmm. But if you didn't, because either you didn't get one or because that just wasn't your career path for the for the time being. Right. Doesn't mean that you're still not an expert um, in medications and you can become like, for example, like if you work towards something you can become an expert at that. Now, let me pre- uh, bring out an example. There's a, uh, a pharmacist by the name of, uh, uh, S- I think it's like STL uh, Cup of Joe. He's on, he's on a podcast that I recently did. He's a pharmacist, okay, that is a considered a expert pitching analyst, baseball, like professional baseball pitching analyst. Why, right? Not because he like went pro and did all this stuff and retired and then went like became a pharmacist and just kept doing pitching, no. He's a pharmacist by trade, and he, on his spare time, writes about and analyzes pitching, and he's now considered an expert in that field, right? And it's because he put in that work. Mm-hmm. So on the same token, like, if you're passionate about pharmacy, just because you didn't go and do some specific training or, or you know, a certification, it doesn't mean that you can't still go and either get that or do the studying to become that. Exactly. You know, I think that's just a point that to bring out because 
Um, I do know that Mike does plan on being certified in, in uh, like BCPS certified mm-hmm. at some point, but he didn't have to do that to get to where he's at now, you know, becoming a professor at a PA school, you know, become an adjunct professor at a PA school. So like, I, I just don't think that people should feel limited because they don't have some X credential or Y credential letters after the name. You know? or, yeah. yeah. So like, just go and do it, like become the expert at something. Exactly. And build a brand for build that door you know like i really love that line mm, thanks man. continue to use that <laughs> keep it going can, can i add like a oh absolutely bit? man so kind of going off that as well if if your goal is to become the expert and build that ability and that talent if you didn't do the residency if you didn't do some of these quote-unquote traditional routes then i would highly encourage you to look into volunteering your free time at clinics hospitals uh, teaching university hospitals, whatever you can get in, whatever's around you, even you're, if you're in a rural area, like volunteer at a local family medicine clinic and just say, hey, I, I offer to look through their charts and find MTM, do their MTM form if you're a pharmacist, get them some extra money. You don't have to get anything for it financially, but get your foot in the door to spend time with other healthcare professionals, other people that have knowledge that you want. And I talked about this recently on my podcast but I feel like when we're in school, we totally get it because we spend, we not, not only do we volunteer, we give astronomical amounts of money to actually work for free in these hospitals, sometimes ridiculous hours. Yes. So we can get this piece of paper that says we know stuff. And now we have this piece of paper and then everybody's fancy. Everybody's like, well, no, I'm worth $100 an hour. I'm not working for free. Yeah. Like, no, that's not how that works. Like you're worth what people see you as being worth. And so if your goal is to kind of get in the door and prove your worth to these physicians or these, you know, whoever you want to work with, then you better show them that value before you just expect to magically get a job offering. And I think that that's something that's helped me tremendously. I spent a lot of time volunteering over the last three years, helping back at the College of Pharmacy um, and in various other roles, speaking wherever I could, whenever I could. And it's paid off tremendously now. And it is giving me monetary gain now, but it's just now happening. But it's because of what I did in the beginning for free. Exactly, because you cared. Exactly. And to your point about the papers, people don't give a crap about how much you know. They care more about know how you care and the best way to show someone what you know in the first place is to work with them Mm -hmm. if you don't have the opportunity to work with them you could be the smartest human being on earth and nobody has a clue right so it's all about communication and allowing that impact to come out so that again it can be implementable steps which comes through the consistency of putting in the work to develop yourself to really become what you want to really fulfill your true potential so that's really what the fit pharmacist is, is unleashing your full potential of your truest self so that you can deliver that to empower other people's lives. And that will create the best version of you that will help other people create the best versions of their life. And you never know who you're going to inspire along the way. You never know what doors will be built and then opened. And you never know what companies will be formed. We have three companies in this room, at least. No, more with Rich. How many companies? Rich has 18 companies 18. in total. 18. <laughs> like seven. 
<laughs> Same thing. I'm pretty sure it's 18. <laughs> Who's counting? But yeah, just to play, I mean, the, the opportunity is endless, but it's only defined by the actions that you put in, and it's only limited by you. So don't get pigeonholed into other people's failures or other people's false beliefs. You can do it. It just requires that time and that commitment and coffee. Lots so, of coffee. Lots of coffee. So, guys, it was a pleasure being here. Um, real quick, where can people follow you? I know Richie gave a shout-out. Mike? So all my stuff is on Core Console RX. That's my handle for every social media platform. So Core, like my last name, Corvino, C-O-R, Consult, and then RX. And you can do Instagram, Facebook, even Snapchat. I do daily questions for the NAPLAX or the pants exam for the PAs out there. Uh, and, and daily questions on there. I do some vlogs or on YouTube and speeches, things like that. The podcast is on YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, all those fun things. But pretty much anywhere I'm going to have my content. It's and let, let that be a lesson because uh, clearly he makes it very easy for people to follow him. He has one handle. Yes. Okay, I have Brand continuity. Th- yeah, I have different handles for everything, so I make it hard for everyone. So <laughs> good luck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, thank you so much. This is Dr. Adam Martin with Dr. Richard Waith, Dr. Mike Cravino with the Fit Pharmacist coming at you from Miami. Thanks for tuning in. We will see you guys next time. Sweet. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that was dope, man. I really like it. All right, what's next? What are we recording now? (laughs) Yeah. No, seriously. Yeah, I see. (laughs) I'm done.